With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blue Wire. Victor will not be joining us today. The man takes his name very seriously. Yeah. He... His, name is, his name is Victor, not Loser. Yeah, exactly. The Jazz were not victorious. Therefore, no victor. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network with me, Sarah Todd, the Jazz Beat Reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, the Jazz finally lost a game. I would say more like the Utah as <laughs> because they did not have a J. Yeah. And they simply played like <laughs> that'll be a bleep. <laughs> that was bad. That was a bad game, and they should feel bad about how bad they played. Yeah, I was re-watching some of the film uh just before we started recording. And it was weird because they actually did a lot of the right things but maybe ended possessions the wrong way or, and it was like, uh, there's a lot that's being talked about today about the double team on Donovan Mitchell. Right. Most of the time he was able to pass out of that and they got a pretty good shot. And then the jazz just didn't make those shots. They didn't yeah. shoot. They didn't shoot horribly, but the shots that they got out of that double team, they did not capitalize on. And there were some Real, like those some momentum plays that sort of changed the game and it's just they never were able to crawl back because they weren't getting a lot of stops and if they were they'd come back down the other end and miss a shot again and a lot of it was missing layups and the the Clippers did a really good job with the interior defense and not fouling and so they couldn't get to the free throw line it was just a lot of like little things that didn't go the mm-hmm. Jazz's way and they yeah it didn't seem like they we're aggressive in trying to get out of that. No, it, it felt weirdly not like a playoff game from an intensity standpoint. And it also, I mean, it, it didn't feel like a playoff game from inside the building either because, you know, there's only 8,000 people inside of the Staples Center, which is a huge arena. And which it's is like, actually a great showing for the Clippers. So I mean, <laughs> hats off to them. That's well, great. And there was like a lot, um, there was a mix of, fans in there is a lot of jazz fans in the building more than I actually expected for that low number of tickets too. But it's, it's just weird to have the Staples center during a playoff game and coming off the intensity of like a full Vivint. Then you go in and it's not full. There's a lot of cardboard cutouts in the crowd to make up for the fact that they're not allowing full capacity. in. that still feels so weird. It feels so unnatural. It was like seeing Shaq in a Celtics Jersey. Yeah. And there was, I mean, there's like, people in the building wearing like bulls jerseys and stuff. It was just awesome. It was just really weird. It was way to show out LA. uh, We were were making some jokes after the game, I guess at the Clippers expense, (laughs) looking at the cardboard cutouts and like some, there was like one of Rondo in a Kentucky Jersey and then like one in a, one of like, Oh, a few, not just one of dogs. And we were like, well, I guess they ran out of Clippers fans, even in the cardboard version. 
<laughs> you like Dags? That's a movie reference. I did not get it. It's from Snatch. It's a good movie, which, you know, the Clippers did snatch a victory from the Jaws of Defeat. It is now a 2-1 series. We should talk about Donovan real quick before we get into like any other game nuance. Yes. Donovan midway through the fourth quarter comes down on his ankle. Didn't like the way he landed, left the game limping, limped into the tunnel, went back to the locker room, came back out, laced him back up, talked to Quinn Snyder. They discussed the fact that Clippers had got up to 18. There was just a few minutes left in the game and it was probably over. No need to put him back in there. A smart decision. Very smart decision. It does lend itself to the conversation that, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but Donovan keeps saying after the games that he's good. He's fine. He's ready to play the next game. Good and ready to play are not not hurt. It's not 100%. Right. Yeah. That man is absolutely hurt right now. Yeah. He's playing through pain. And, you know, if you've got a landing after kind of a, it wasn't even a really explosive burst. It was kind of a short, small little floater that mm-hmm. he came down on the ankle that caused him to have that much pain to leave the game. That's just what we're dealing with at this point. That That's where the Jazz are. They've got one all-star guard that's sidelined with a hamstring injury. Don't know when you're going to get him back. Right. And you've got the other all-star guard that is clearly playing through injury. Yeah. And that's, that's not a good sign. If you're a jazz fan at all, like you've got an all-star backcourt, I would say a top five backcourt in the league. And if, Neither one of those guys, you know, one of them's not playing at all right now. And the other one's obviously not a hundred percent. Like there is a concern level there. And I had in my notes multiple times throughout the game, Donovan cannot do it alone. No. And what we saw in this game was the old adage of role players play better at home. Right. And that's exactly what happened. Royce Boyon. Even Ingles, to an extent, I think he's played better than he did against the the Grizzlies, but he still wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, to your point about Joe, in re-watching some of the film today, there were a couple of defensive possessions where when the Clippers scored on their secondary or on a putback or on a second option, it was completely Joe's fault because he just lost right. his man. Yeah. And to the point, though, I just I pulled it up in my notes, speaking of, of role players. Nicholas Batum and Reggie Jackson combined for 34 points, 17 apiece. They were nine of 11 from three. That's 81%, 82%. That's absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, when you have those guys, and we talked about this in the previous recap also, Reggie Jackson shoots well with a hand in his face, and he did Mm -hmm. it again in game three. And so what that means to me is on defense, you've got to – You've got to be on those guys because Batum was doing it too. You have to be on them when they catch the ball, not closing out on them after they catch the ball. You have to already be there so that they don't even have the space to release. And again, like run them off the three point line. Like if they're shooting that well, you've got the defensive player of the year standing in the paint. And we've seen how reluctant the Clippers have been in the first two games to go into the paint. Wasn't necessarily the case in game three, but like, I like my odds of Rudy Gobert having a good game. Yeah. And it, it also didn't help. Like this was, this was the, the Kawhi went T2 game. 
he was he was absolutely t2 in the second half ended with 34 12 and 5 he had 24 points in the second half and paul george had a cooking so yeah. if, if your two stars are cooking you also can't have nicholas batum and reggie jackson going off that and i think terrence mann didn't have a huge imprint on the game offensively but was still like a plus 21 yeah and like you just you can't have that Granted, I think one of the things, if there is a silver lining in this game, is that I don't think the Clippers are going to have like 55, 55, 80% shooting splits, probably again. But again, like you have to make sure that doesn't happen again. And the Jazz's defense was piss poor. You just have to defend better because, like you're saying, you can't have. Kawhi Leonard go off you can't have Paul George go off and then also have Batum and Reggie Jackson going off like you defend one of those guys you yeah. know like anyone <laughs> like you just you need to be in the face of Batum Reggie Jackson running them off the three-point line and then just giving a there were times where Paul George he was just given room yeah and, and that's the I mean same problem with Reggie and Batum but you, I guess I get not respecting those guys, not not a hundred percent, but I'm I'm just saying from like a theoretical point of view, like I I guess maybe not respecting that, but like you gotta respect Paul George at least. Yeah, the the Clippers in this game had a 141 offensive rating, and granted there was some absurd shot making by the Clippers. There was that one in particular in the third quarter where Boyan has Paul George in in the corner just paint like painted into a corner and he's able to rise up and hit. And like, it seemed like every time the Clippers came down the court and got that like long mid range, it was going in. So the point to that is shut that down from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like those, those became rhythm shots for the Clippers. So it's up to the jazz in game four to take them out of their rhythm. The Clippers are too good of a team to not get taken out of that. Like if you don't apply that pressure, they're going to crush you. And I thought the Clippers played about as perfect a game as you're going to get in the NBA. And it's on the jazz for not responding and not matching their intensity. Everything that we said about, you know, it didn't seem like a playoff game. The atmosphere wasn't as good. None of that is a good enough excuse. Like they were up to, no. Oh, and they came out flat. That's on them. Yeah. Outside of that eight Oh run in the beginning of the game. Again, I was really excited. I was like, oh, man, they're getting going. Joe cans two threes. And then it just tanked from there. It was like watching the Titanic. I guess like from a shooting perspective, like you had Royce hit four of eight. Joe hit five of eight. Don hit five of nine. Jordan hit four of nine. Like that wasn't bad. Mm -mm. But you also got, I mean, just from the inside, Jordan was like one of seven. Boyan went two of ten overall, one of five from three. There was, a, there was a ton of misses from inside. Like I said at the beginning, the Clippers' interior defense was good, but I think that the the choices of interior shots were bad were from bad. the Jazz. Absolutely. Yeah, and it just seemed like, seemed like Rudy Gobert, especially offensively, never put his, his imprint in the game, which is really puzzling. And that you can kind of say that for just about everyone outside of Donovan. Well, and for Rudy, for him not to be involved offensively, that is Joe Donovan. Yep. That is their fault. 
100%. Yes. Because if you're not running with him in the pick and roll, or if you're not looking for him on the inside, when you drive in and you draw two, three, four defenders on the inside, like Donovan did sometimes, if you're mm-hmm. not looking for him, I mean, him getting in a good position, that's, that's his job, but they weren't looking for him. Yeah. I thought that as good as Donovan was in the second half, I think in the fourth quarter, he reverted back to some bad habits of putting his head down and just going in with not really knowing what his plan is outside of, I'm just going to go and try to get a bucket. And that's not Donovan at his best. Yeah. Donovan at his best is playing with his head up and taking what the defense gives him, whether that's distributing or getting a bucket. And there were two or three times in that fourth quarter, he drew, he drove in and took three guys on and one, he got stripped and then he got a couple of just bad misses that ended up in transition buckets for the Clippers. And you just, you can't have that from your star. Yeah. And and that's, that's the thing that I'm talking about. Like it wasn't just like one thing or one person. It was just so collectively, it was Meh. a, cal- a yeah. cavalcade of ups. Yeah. Even when they were playing well, like the Jazz were getting some stops and coming down mm-hmm. and running and spacing well and getting up shot. It was just everything was very meh. Yeah, it was. It, it just felt like such a meh game with just such a lack of energy and such a lack of intensity, which is very puzzling from a Jazz team that's been playing so well and so intensely throughout the playoffs this wasn't like a play with your food kind of a a scenario this was like seemed like the jazz all collectively drank a bunch of z quill and took some melatonin before the game yeah they were like sitting at the dinner table kind of poking at their food with a fork and then fell asleep yeah exactly yeah (laughs) rudy gobert face in the mashed potatoes yeah i think that just a touch back again really quickly on on donovan and his health status moving forward i mean this is only the second round so if you're if you're looking forward as a jazz fan or as the jazz players you've still got to make it out of this one beat the clippers and then take on the suns who are playing incredibly well and are very very good oh and by the way beat you three times already this year yeah in the world of making a title run, got to beat the Clippers. You got to make it through the Western Conference Finals, beat the Suns, and then you got to get to the finals and beat whoever comes out of the East. And you're in the second round right now, and your backcourt is not healthy. Yeah, it's it's very concerning. There's not rest coming. No, there's not. And like, it's really been a huge shame watching these playoffs and watching players especially star players just going out dying like flies just going down like Kyrie came out with the the ankle injury today Don's not healthy Jamal Murray didn't play and we saw how devastating that was for the Nuggets I mean we saw LeBron and AD James Harden's not playing like this is a huge problem and I really hope that in the future the NBA takes a step back and analyzes and realizes that like player safety players health has to be the number one concern. And it obviously was not. And it's a huge bummer watching it. Like, I think these playoffs have been good. They're always, they're always fun. And it's cool to see like some parody and, you know, there was that stat that like 
no team currently in the playoffs have won a, a, a title since 1983. But I'm sorry, it's a star league. The league is better with its stars. The league is better when it's healthy. Yeah, you know, the league is right now that on schedule to be on schedule for next season. You know, having a regular, but this is going to be a shortened off season again because again. this season started late and then they're going to start back up and they're going to try to play 82 games. And so we're looking at going through the entirety of next season again, you know, being a little bit rushed. So the first time we're going to get a real off season is going to be next summer, not this coming summer. 2022. And so to your point about the star players too, the, the league also is trying to like crack down on load management and the way that that works and keeping guys out and, you know, national no. broadcast games and stuff. It's like if the sports science and which is incredibly advanced at this point, if the sports science and just these guys' bodies are telling them that they need to slow down the league mandating that they have to play or finding teams just feels ridiculous. It feels fascistic for lack of a better term. Yeah. I'm just thinking about this. I'm like having this like visceral, like guttural reaction. That's just you. Yeah, it is you. Ew. Cause it's just, it's, it's, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's straight up for profits. Yeah. It's because the league has been hem- hemorrhaging money since COVID and they're trying to make that back. And now we have full arenas and people are getting vaccinated and like we're getting this return to normalcy, which is wonderful. Huge fan of it all. However, player safety, players health has to be number one. You know what's going to suck even more than like Kawhi sitting out on a back to back in the middle of March? Is Kawhi, you know, tearing his ACL and not being able to play for a year and a half. Amen. Exactly that. This season should be a case study in what not to do, not doing it over again. Like that's the definition of an, of insanity. I hate it. It sucks. Thumbs down. I feel like that is the right mood for this podcast today. <laughs> Jazz sucked. The injuries are bad. The shortened season, the shortened off season is bad. This is a bummer and we're, it's intentionally a bummer. This is the bummer podcast. Victor is not coming on the podcast. Victor's not here. I'm hurt. (laughs) Do you have any idea how much like data fees it costs when I text to Russia? (laughs) To get a hold of Victor? Anyway, let's get this over with. Let's talk some takeaways and some adjustments. Um, Here's what I'll tell you. Takeaways. We can skip those. The takeaways are. The Jazz were bad. Don't play like Adjustments. Go for it. First off, don't have a 15 to 16 assist to turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. You've, got to, mm-hmm. you've got to move the ball. You've got to take care of the ball. You can't be careless, especially when you have two R-world defenders like Kawhi and Paul George. The defensive intensity has to be better. Like You can't allow the Clips to shoot as confidently as they did. You have to run the Clippers off the three-point line. Again, siphon them to your defensive player of the year. He's going to have more success than failures. Mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal, Niang, and Boyan all have to be so much better. Where has George Niang been in this series? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just about ready to put his face on a milk carton. Uh, he's making some turnovers, airballing some threes. It's been bad, man. And yeah. 
it's a bummer because he's been so good and he was he played well in the Grizzly series and I, I we need a return to form. Except for those remember when he was taking those really weird off-balance floaters against the Grizzlies. Yeah, except for those. But we don't have to talk about those anymore because we are optimists and we yeah. are looking forward and that series is in the past. However, speaking of other players who need a return to form, Derek Favors, Derek man. Derek Favors. Yeah. Again, that's two games in a row that the Clippers have just run a layup line when he's been in the in the game. And as the number one Derek Favors, I love the man. You got to be better, bud. Ugh, he was so good in game one. He was so good. Watch your film. Do <laughs> that. You know what you did in, in game one? Do that again in game four and then in game five. And then you can have a nice little break and then do it again against the Suns. Also, a couple of things, adjustments. Stop allowing those offensive rebounds. And if you're going to, <sighs> if you're going to allow them, then like, just don't lose the guy. You can't just allow an offensive rebound by someone and just like not defend them at all. Yeah, that was, that was quite bad. It wasn't quite the 16 that the Grizzlies had, but the, the, the Clippers had 10 offensive rebounds. That's unacceptable. You're too good of a rebounding team to be able to, to do that. And again, like those are hustle plays. 10 offensive rebounds. 13 points off of those to that whole 15 to 16 assist to turnover ratio. The Clippers had over 20 points off jazz turnovers. So put that together. That's your ball game. Yeah. Just on that alone. Even if, if Kawhi and Paul George and Reggie Jackson and Nick Batum all go off, that's 33, 35 points right there that weren't made up. And that we're just kind of given away. So my advice to the jazz is be better. My, my advice would also be to play better, do better. Be better at what you do. Mm, play better basketball. Yes. And we will continue to give you the number one Utah jazz podcast. I know that we're, we're going long, but that was another thought throughout the game when the, the, offense was so messy was I just kept I just I I kept thinking like this would be so different if Conley was in this game yeah that that calming presence that captain a guy who can take a whole lot Mm -hmm. of heat and pressure off of Donovan Mitchell and everyone else and come back King we need you we need you bud that'll do it from us today thank you so much for listening rate review subscribe download do all the things we apologize for the bummer episode that's what you're gonna get when the jazz play like a bummer i mean we were the one we weren't the ones who sucked no we're great we're doing a great job so this is i'm proud of you this one's on the jazz (laughs) do all of the things we love when you give us praise five star reviews and we will talk to you next time goodbye